Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Christie. We are back for another episode of Leader Talks with the MYC, and we are so pumped today. Do you know why, Christy? Let why? me tell you why. In the tell words us. of Kevin Hart, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why we're so excited for the NYC today because we're talking about developing your gift. I don't know about you, but we all have this ability, this gift that is God-given, and sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. So today, we're going to talk about what do you do with the gift that has been given to you. Real quick, if this is your first time listening in, at the MYC, which is the Mississippi Youth and Children, we believe that leadership is a universal language, hence the leader talks, right? We believe that no matter where you are, what you are doing, we can add value to your life. Well, leadership can add value to your life, and we're just trying to pass along some information that was passed along to us, just trying to go on this journey together to be the best that we can be because we believe that the best days are still ahead. Does that sound good, Christy? That sounds so good. Good, because if it didn't, too bad. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to have fun today. You are all smiles, and I like that. That makes my heart happy. All right. We are discovering our gift, developing our gift. And so I'm reminded of what Paul tells Timothy. And so if you are taking notes today, uh, or if you want a copy of our show notes, you can find them in the little description of wherever you're listening to this podcast. But you know, the Apostle Paul was mentoring this little guy named Timothy, and he kind of raises him and mentors him and, and causes him really to be the leader that he is that we see later on in the early church. And so Timothy is a man of many gifts and talents, uh, but this is what Paul says. In 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Do not neglect the gift. He then goes on in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 through 7, he says this, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. This is key. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that you may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control." It is time and time again, Christy, Paul is looking to Timothy and he says, hey, do not neglect your gift. Do not forget your gift. Timothy, fan into flame your gift. And you can see that all throughout scriptures. I love Proverbs because it says your gift makes room for you and seats you among the great. We all have something that has been given to us by our Heavenly Father that we can have, we can use. And I believe, I'm just crazy enough to believe we can see miracles work through this gift. We can see lives changed work through this gift. And we can be confident in this gift all based out of this passage of scripture right here. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So before we go any further, it's very important for us to understand it is our responsibility. It is my responsibility. It is your responsibility. We have to have ownership of this to fan into flame the gift of God. Our responsibility. It's good. I I love this. I love that you're tying this um, together 
because I've heard the last part of that scripture, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. Honestly, that was what my mom would quote over me when I had nightmares as a kid. And so I never realized that it was talking specifically about fanning into flame your gifts and how um, that can be a scary process. So I love that you found this connection. Yeah. And it just smacked me out of nowhere one day when I was just reading over it because we, we, we hold on to those verses, right? Like John three sixteen, you know, uh, Philippians four thirteen. 13, uh, you know, for God is not given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind, like those, those key verses that we go back to. But if we're not careful, we forget the context of which they're from. Right. And what they deal with. And so, no, I mean, you could apply that to anything you're afraid about, but oh, it's really cool that that's what he was referring to. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically to the gift. And now, if you've been in church long enough, uh, you know the, the, level of fear and insecurity we can have when we're trying to grow in something, when we're trying to develop something. And it's real easy just to sit back and say, hey, um, you know what? If God really wants it to happen, he'll make it happen. If God really wants this fire to, to burn and rage and flame, he'll do that. God will, God will make the fire burn. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, Timothy, fan into flame the gift that God has given you. And so today we're really going to break that down. And I really want to deconstruct the idea that we have to sit back and wait on God. Now, hear me clearly. I'm not saying that there are not moments and opportunities where we need to just sit back and wait. I really do. But I think far too often we fall on the other side of the spectrum where we're like, "Ah, I'm just just not going to do anything until God does it. Like God's going to make a way. He's going to prepare the way. He's going to part the Red Sea. God's going to do it. Yeah, he does that. But there comes a moment where you have to step foot in the water to then watch the seas part. And so we were on staff retreat and uh, Pastor Chad Stafford from Coastal Church right there in Daphne, Alabama, made a statement that just stood out to me right as we were kind of going through this and, and working through this main thought right here. And he's talking about Adam and Eve and how God told them to subdue the earth, that he's given them authority. And when God gives authority, he doesn't take authority away. And in that same power that God wants us to subdue the earth, he wants us to fan into flame the gift that he's already given us. So instead of us sitting back and saying, God, what are you going to do with this gift that you've given me? God, I need you to fan in flame. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to work it, and we're going to prove it in this passage of Scripture right here. Okay, so we're going to start with God has not given us a spirit of fear. I think it's very important that Paul leads with that because we all deal with insecurities. We all deal with frustrations, but I'm reminded of what the prophet Isaiah says in 49.10. It says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's so good. I I love um, thinking about fear in your gifts because most of the time, our gifts, even if it's something we're naturally good at, it comes in a baby stage. We're not going to be just a genius in our gift overnight. Um, even even in the things that you're the best at, like your, your absolute greatest strengths, you still have to work on those. And so with that, we often... Um, as children, even when we find out what our strengths are, oh, well, I'm I'm good at art. I'm an artist, or I love music. I'm, I'm I like worship. Worship is my thing, or whatever. Um, we kind of identify with that. And then, if we're going to grow it, at some point, if we're really working on growing it, we need some honest people that will sit down and say, "Hey, that needs some work. That wasn't very good there. You need to work on this. You can do this better." It comes with constructive criticism. And that can be so painful and and such a uh, feel like such a dagger at our identity. But when we are able to push past that, 
um, it, it takes overcoming fear because with, with that c- criticism sometimes can come, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm not as good as I thought. I, I must not be meant to do this. I'm just, I'm just going to stop. This must not be meant for me. And we stop there. Um, I honestly was tempted to do that with music because I'm not that great at music. Um, and it's come in different stages of my life. Some t- at one point I was doing it as the primary part of my role in, in um, church. Now it's like, oh, our worship leader in Starkville is not here, so I have to jump up there and do it. So being willing to not stop if it's not your greatest strength and continue to sharpen that gift, you will find places where you can still be used in that gift, even if you aren't the best at it. Don't necessarily put it to the side. God wants us to invest in all of our gifts, whether they're our greatest strength or something that's in a baby stage. Don't give up. Even if you've been told, hey, that needs some growth, thank God for that because it will make you better. Yep. And we, it's, that's the thing we get hurt and we tuck our tail and we run, but we got to get, we just got to be better. We got to work on developing and being willing to be uncomfortable and to let people speak over us to, to not be insecure, but to know that people love us enough to help us grow in that ability for God has not given us a spirit, a spirit of fear, but of what of power of love and a sound mind. Every Pentecostal charismatic believer in the world can quote Acts 1, 8, but you will receive what you will receive Power. power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria into the end of the earth. And so when Paul says, God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, it is that same word power that the Holy Spirit comes on you. This power is strength. It's ability. It's an inherent power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. It's a power for performing miracles. It's a moral power and excellence of soul. It's the power and influence which belong to the riches and wealth. It's power and resources arising from numbers. It's power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. And here's the thing. God does not ask us to operate in a gift that he's not giving us power to work in. That means your gift has the ability to be a miracle in someone's life. Your gift has the ability to completely radically transform someone's life, not because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is. God has not given us the spirit of fear. What would happen if instead of approaching a situation where we are are insecure or we're fearful, we say, you know what? God's got this. He's prepared me for this moment. I'm going to step in and I'm going to serve people, which is point number two. I'm going to love people with my gifts. Not give me a spirit of fear, but one of power, of love, in a sound mind. God wants you to love others with this gift. And in fact, he, Jesus is the perfect example for God did not send his son. The son of man did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus used his life as, as a life of service, as a life of sacrifice, of giving to others. And so it is with our gift. Our gift is never about us. It is about what we can do for others. It's never what can happen for me. It's how I can serve you. When I have a gift of speaking, it's not about how many people will come listen to me speak. It's how many people can I encourage and inspire to live their life for Jesus. When I have a gift of singing, it's not about how many people will come and just sing along and say, oh, you have such a beautiful voice, but we can move their emotions in such a deep place where they can have an encounter with God. When I have the gift of 
of being able to work with my hands to be able to build things. It's not people to come look at these houses or these buildings or these structures that I've built, but I'm building these things for people to have a home, people to have a shelter, people to have a place of refuge, people to be able to come and find a rest. It's what I can do to serve people, and I serve them, and I love them with this gift. That's so good. I want to go back just for a second to what you said about power. Um, because I think sometimes we can look at our gifts when we are confident in them and get a little overconfident and feel like, well, this is my thing. And, and we get a little territorial with our thing. And, and really that, um, goes along with power and love. I love, um, I heard an interview of Carrie Job one time and she said she, um, of course we know Carrie Job is an incredible, incredible worship leader. And she had this dream to write music and travel. And she was really involved in her local church. And she said that her leadership said, Hey, I don't feel like right now is the right time for you. I I believe, you know, God's still growing you in some areas. And she submitted to her authority in that and and really leaned on what they said when she could have bucked that um, because she's incredibly talented. But she um, took her power in that gift, I guess, and still did not try to overpower the person in leadership above her. And because of that, you can tell God has blessed her ministry so much. And she's just incredible, incredible person, um, incredibly influential in the Christian community all over the world. So um, if you're in a place where you are confident in your gift and you're confident you feel um, it is making a difference, make sure that you're also submitting to the authority God's put in your life, and He will bless you for that. Um, also, um, love. Uh, we hold on tightly to our position sometimes, our gift, especially if we have invested a lot in it and it's grown. And God doesn't want us to um, serve out of look at me, just like you were saying, Matt. It's about love. So how can we do that? I think sometimes we have gifts that we aren't the best at, but they're places we're serving at. I think of Kids Church. Um, in Starkville, we're doing a little bit of everything now as we're developing teams. So I can't wait to pass on Kids Church because I love kids. But she it's said, not someone my, come love these kids. Somebody some love these kids. Somebody come love these kids. I can't even talk. By the way, we are hiring a kids pastor. Just throwing that out there. If, if you were interested, we would love to talk to you. You need to pass a background check and not be weird. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so I look forward to the day that we can pass that along and um, continue to. I'm using what I have right now in my hands to love those kids. I feel like I'm not the best at it, and I look forward to being able to hand that off to somebody else. So being willing to serve and train other people. But let's say, let's look at another area of my life. I also do creative arts for the assembly as a whole. That means our social media, our website graphic design. I love that. And I'm good at it. And it's a part of my identity, honestly. But um, when I wish posting on the NYC Instagram page was a part of your identity, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that right now. Matt Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I can only do so much. Like you said, Matt. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can only do so much. And so I have to start developing people to come in and take that along. I can't let it be so much of my identity that I hold on to it so tightly that I don't share that gift. And part of sharing our gift and serving the church is training other people, showing them what we've learned in our gift and equipping other people too, and not letting it be our thing, my thing, territorial, but encouraging other people to take that on as well. And God still uses us and he grows his church through that. So it's not necessarily about me, but how can I make this ripple beyond me? far beyond me. Yeah, that's so good. Power, love, and self-control. 
sound mind. Uh, those two statements, self, self-control, sound mind, sound a whole lot like discipline to me. Being able to be disciplined. I, I have self-control because I'm disciplined. I can have a sound mind and a clear conscience and a, and a focused thought because I'm being disciplined. And the Bible talks a lot about discipline. And in fact, it, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And so here's the thing. No one in the world is the absolute best at absolutely everything. In fact, I am convinced you will find someone who is better than you at just about every area of your life You could, if you look hard enough. And so the Bible speaks to this idea of iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. I need to be disciplined in my gifting to grow it. It's not just going to magically going to grow. It's not the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you where you water it, where you fertilize it, where you prepare it, where you develop it. And it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding, a lot of correction, a lot of coaching, even if that gift comes naturally to you. To be able to take it to a a deeper and more incredible place, it requires work. You take a look at absolutely anybody who is the best at anything in the world at whatever. If it's sports, if it's music, if it's artistry, it whatever. You just think of your favorite whoever at whatever. That did not happen overnight, and that didn't happen just because they wished for it to happen. They literally fanned into flame the gift that they had. They worked hard to develop it, not only to discover, but to develop it and then to deploy it. That sounds a whole lot like fine arts. Discover, develop, deploy. Just shout out. That's why we do fine arts. Just a little plug right there. But but they, they worked hard at it, and they allowed people to sharpen them. Part of you developing your gift, you need to be open to letting someone you love and trust be able to, and, and gifted in this area, by the way. I just want to point that out. Be able to speak to it to help you become better so you can continue to grow. Why? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. We cannot operate out of insecurity, but one out of power, love, and sound mind. And when, let's just reverse it, you continue to be disciplined and develop this gift. And you use it to serve people, to love people, to grow people. I promise you, you're going to see the power of God work in a miraculous way in the lives of those around you. How do I know? Three quick examples. Number one, Michael Jr., amazing comedian. He sees his ability to to generate laughs. He comes to give laughs, not to take laughs. And that's a huge difference. Michael Jr. has had a, had a moment where he was able to, to be able to try and bless a family and show some compassion. And what he did is he sold shows, sold tickets to a show that would never happen. So families would be willing to bless a family in need. And he was able to just extravagantly bless them. That's how he was able to use his gift to see a miracle take place in someone else's life. If you're on TikTok or or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, you can come across a guy by the name of Vic Blends. He's a barber out of Atlanta, Georgia. And what he does is he just gives free haircuts. He's super talented, super gifted, but he wanted his life to go beyond just giving haircuts. So he'll find some random person on the road says, hey, man, can I give you a cut? And during, like, if they take the chance, because, I mean, for any guy, you know, your barber, you this is a very special relationship. It's kind of like cheating if you go to anybody else, but it's a very special relationship you have with your barber. But he says, hey, I'd give you love to give you a free cut. And, uh, and during the time of giving them a free haircut, he talks to them, encourages them, learns their story. He kind of does this whole interview thing with them. It inspires them and challenges them to do better because he understands his gift is more than just cutting hair. It's an opportunity to speak into someone's life. And uh, my last example I want to share 
is with someone who's near and dear and special to our heart. Uh, she is on staff with us, but when we first got to meet her, she was just a 16-year-old girl and had a dream to raise money for missions. This was right when we were coming to Columbus to be the youth pastors and, and worship pastor here. Uh, you worship because I can't sing. Um, <laughs> and and just had this dream of, you know, we had a big goal that year, Christy. We we're going to do $5,000 to speed the light. That's going to be our big goal. And they were at a speed the light tour. And they had this heart, you know what, we want to buy a van for Togo Theological Seminary, set a goal for $25,000, blew me out of the water. I'm like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? Right. Because she was 16, didn't have any well, it's not like she was going to sing. She wasn't going to dance. She was super shy. She, she was not going to do, create anything, build anything that we were going to sell. And and so you may feel like, like Alexis in this situation where you didn't just have a whole lot to offer. But what she did have was a passion and a heartbeat. And so she said, you know what we're going to do? Here's what we can do. We're going to walk so they don't have to. So in one week, in the middle of the blazing hot summer of Mississippi, we walked across the state of Mississippi 166 miles and raised in that week alone almost $16,000 for missions. That is incredible. But that is a, an example of how God will use your discipline and your love to serve others with what you have in your hand to see miracles, signs, and wonders happen in someone else's life. So the question then is, is what are we going to do? Because as my coach, Chris, always told me, you can have excuses or you can have results, but you cannot have both. What are we going to do? What is that thing that you can put your hand to? And you may be struggling. You're like, Matt, I, I, I would love to do this. I just don't know what my gift is. Here's a practical thought for you. The, the thing that you are naturally good at, you don't have to, to, to rally people behind you. You don't have to be like, hey, come look at me. I'm a good singer. No, they know you sing good. Hey, look at me. I play instruments really well. Mm, you don't need to do that either because they'll, they'll know. They'll point it out. Oh, man, you draw really well. You are so good at how you talk to people. You do this really well. What are those, those similar themes that people say about you that just stand out, that comes off as a compliment, unsolicited compliment? That is your starting place. And then begin to build and develop from there. In fact, we want to leave you with our main thought today. And Christy, you feel free to hop in with any final thoughts that you may have. Uh, but the main thought I want to leave you with is I will intentionally develop my gift so I can passionately serve others and point them to the goodness of God. I will intentionally develop my gift so I can passionately serve others and point them to the goodness of God. So good. I think when we stop growing, we tend to cap the people that we lead and we can never, Ooh, that's good. we can always grow no matter how good we are at something. So um, as we grow, so do the people that we lead. They copy what we do. Even if it's a different skill that they have, they're going to put that same drive and effort into their own gifts. So we have a responsibility to grow too. I also wanted to say, Lucky, we love you. We're so proud of you and love that we get to share your story. Yeah. Lucky, you're super cool, and a lot of others that we've had along the way. They're just incredible, incredible people. You can have excuses or you can have results, but you can't have both. So today, we want to encourage you, develop your gift. It will be world-changing for somebody because he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love in a sound mind. If you're like, Matt, Christy, I would love some help on figuring out what that gift is and how I can continue to do that in a more specific, personalized way. We would love to do that with you and for you. Just let us know. Hit us up on the social media, the text message, or the fancy new email. Ooh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Christy, but it's like cutting edge emails, electronic mail, super tight. Hey, we love you guys. We can't wait to see you next week. Don't forget, develop your gift.